Welcome to the Washington Church Toledo Podcast. Together, we are learning to encourage one another to walk with God through cultivating a personal relationship with Jesus the Christ. This podcast consists of recordings from our Sunday morning worship services and other teaching events that you are more than welcome to come join us live at. I get to uh, have the privilege of introducing our speaker tonight. Um, and we've known each other for a while because we run in similar circles and, and pastors groups and gatherings. And, um, but we've never had a chance until recently to sit down and just have a good one-on-one. And like we went for two plus hours together a couple of weeks ago. And, um, and God put it on my heart to invite Ron to come and, and share with us and, um, and as I've gotten to know him and hear his story, he's, he's been around the block, so to speak. Um, he's been to 46 different countries and ministered. Um, he's been a part of networks of pastors and prophetic people that have had conferences to thousands of people um, over many, many years. But he's got this amazing story where the Lord led him just from where he was to a personal encounter and relationship with the Lord. And and then deepened over and over again. You'll hear part of his story um, tonight. Um, but as I shared with him when I asked him to come, I just said, Ron, we'd love to hear your testimony of your walk with the Lord and how you grew and deepened. Um, but then what do you have to teach us as a community of faith to, to take us farther, take us deeper into the love of God and into that intimacy and into that place and into being able to, to follow and listen to the movement of the Spirit of God and and so he's here with his beautiful wife tonight, and he's going to come share with us. So would you join me in welcoming Ron King up here to share with us? God bless you, Jimmy. Amen. It's a blessing to be here tonight and just see what God's doing. Uh, we just learned about the gathering here recently. Everybody hear me okay? I can speak louder. You want me to speak louder? Oh, okay. We're all right. <laughs> It's great being here, my wife and I. Uh, we've been married for 55 years, soon to be 56. Um, we have five children, a blessed family, uh, five children, and our family's very blended. Uh, my wife is Latina, so our children are biracial. Uh, my oldest son is a really prophetic, a prophet, we would say. My uh, oldest daughter uh, manages a Meyer store if you're up here on Alexis. That's her uh, work, etc. cetera. Uh, then I have another son who's very apostolic in his grace, another daughter who's in healthcare administration, and then our youngest son is now on staff with us at the church. We call it the Church of Toledo Westside Community. A very blended family. Uh, one of my sons is married to a Peruvian. He was on the mission field in Peru for us for a while. Uh, another one, Filipino. We've got Syrian, Lebanese. My daughter's married to an African-American, so we're a very blended family. I believe we serve uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's dream very well and the way it should be. I do have things in my heart tonight that I want to talk about as I've been praying about our time here and excited about what's going on here. I really am. This is what I live and breathe for because I believe there are pockets all over that God is raising up who are madly in love with Jesus. But it's not just about that. Because God's doing something. How many of you know the world needs some real help? And as Jesus is the light of the world, so have we been called to be the light of the world. So I really want to encourage us and encourage you in what is going on here tonight and the importance of what's happening as I've seen it happen all over the world. I've been blessed to minister in the middle of cornfields in communist countries years back. We've sent teams into Iraq and Iran. As a matter of fact, right now, the fastest growing segment of the church is in Iran. And that should get some real good amens. You know, they really, really need that. So it's exciting to see what God's doing all over. And he'll start with pockets like this, where we fall in love with Jesus, but God is doing something that is very important. I want to talk about that a little bit tonight, uh, giving just a little bit of our testimony. My wife and I were believers growing up. She was Roman Catholic. I was Lutheran. We were believers. We believed in Jesus Christ. 
but we didn't become disciples until 1970. Now, disciples are sold out followers of Jesus Christ. Churches are full of believers, but churches are not full of disciples. And so I'm about making disciples, sold out, lovers of Jesus and those who will follow him in everything that he asked us to do. So the Holy Spirit's been touching many. I see a few faces here tonight. Matter of fact, you were saying you were, you guys came to our Friday night meetings years ago. Praise God. Another time the Holy Spirit just really being poured out. But God is doing something profound, and, and I, I want to share to that because what God is doing and the importance of what he's doing with the gifts of the Spirit and everything like that. I believe the church is being equipped and prepared for something powerful. As a matter of fact, when we read in Ephesians chapter 1, the body of Christ, the church, is the fullness of Christ. How many can say amen to that? And so if we're to be the fullness of Christ, we need to be fully trained. A disciple, when they're fully trained, is just like their master. And God is preparing his people today. I want to share a few things that I see God doing today. And uh, we'll take some time and just see what the Holy Spirit will do. I've got little sticky notes all over here as I've been praying and just seeking the Lord for a time together here. As a matter of fact, my wife and I, when we became Baptist, all of a sudden I was working at OI in research and development, and I had a Bible study there. I did something very dangerous in the Bible study. We began to study the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and it happened. The Holy Spirit just overwhelmed my wife and I. And all of a sudden we found a, if you will, a deeper relationship with the Lord and what we began experiencing. I shared that, we were youth leaders in a Baptist church, I shared that with a, a Baptist pastor who was a friend of mine at that time, uh, that did not excite him. And uh, matter of fact, they asked us to leave the church. That was in 1972. And so in 1972, we were outside of the church, all of our friends and everything, we, we were just distanced from all of them, began praying and God said, I want you to plant a church right here in Toledo. And he said, I don't want you to read any books about church planning. I want you to go to the book of Acts. I want you to start there, and I want you to do it just like they did it there. Okay, I can say 53 years later, it works. It literally works. Pastor Jim and I were talking about uh, John Wimburn, his experience when he looked at the Bible, began reading the Bible, and I had the same experience. I began reading the Bible, and I was very much into the Word of God. And I began saying, wait a minute, the church doesn't look about anything like I'm reading here. Any, what, what's, what's wrong here? What's going on? And all of a sudden, I began praying and seeking the Lord, and the Lord said, I'm going to restore what I have designed. And so God is, we are forerunners, if you will. God's beginning to touch the hearts of people who gather together like this, spend their time coming together and just seek him. Our meetings, we call it date night with Holy Spirit. That's really whatever he wanted to do. Now, we couldn't do that. We were talking about that as well. We couldn't do that every Sunday morning, so we had a special time for that. And God moved powerfully. So looking at that, and, and all of a sudden, when we got zapped by the Holy Spirit, and began seeking and began gathering in our home, all of a sudden, Holy Spirit began to draw people of like heart and mind, those who just want to love Jesus. But it's not just about loving him. How many of you ever heard of saying, it's not about doing, it's all about being? And I've heard the phrase, we're human beings, not human doing, doers. Let me say this, yes, we can do and not be, but we cannot be without doing. Do you hear me? You can get in the word and not get the word in you, but you can't get the word in you without getting in the word. So we can't embrace half-truths. We have to embrace the wholeness of what God wants to do. I'm very missional. I am. I want to see people saved everywhere. 
And I believe God is giving us power for a purpose and a reason. Uh, when we got, uh, you know, after the uh, uh, Martin Luther and justification by faith and all this, I, I saw three Holy Spirit movements coming. First of all was the Pentecostal movement. When we got filled with the Spirit, we went to Pentecostal churches. We couldn't find Pentecost. And all of a sudden, the place we found fellowship was a Roman Catholic charismatic group. And because we were from the Baptist church, strong in the word, we were leaders right away. Because we had the word. I thank God for their fellowship. But we began planting the church in our living room. And I can just say this, four churches planted out of that. And many years later, many other churches planted. But what is God doing? If we're to be the fullness of Christ, we've got to be fully trained so that we'll be like our master. And so I want to share, and we, we'll just see what Holy Spirit does with us and after this, for what I would call must-haves for an equipping culture. Because I believe we have to be equipped for the work of the ministry. I believe we have to be prepared for what's coming. I believe the church has, in many times, we're very selective in what we want to receive, etc. A lot of times I don't see, uh, for example, our, our refrigerator door versus... You don't see like, uh, arm yourselves to suffer because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Various things like that. So what are the four necessities that we need in the church to be fully equipped? Some time ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to awaken my sleeping giant. Where does that term come from? Does anybody know? Well, Ephesians 5.14, he tells us that, that we're to awaken from slumber. Yes. But the movie, Torah, 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 Admiral Yamamoto, Yamamoto, I mean, was a Japanese admiral uh, in the Navy and the, the uh, uh, bombardment of Pearl Harbor. And he was one of the architects of that. And he said, I'm afraid all we've done is awaken a sleeping giant with a terrible resolve. How many know that happened? That happened. Well, may I say to us, we need to awaken the sleeping giant of the church. It's going to be a terrible resolve for the enemy. So what do we need to do? And I want to share with us what we need to do as we see things happening here. One of the first things that we must have in the church, and this is what God's restoring, is Holy Spirit. All right? Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, if you look at John chapter 3, we won't go there, I'll just mention that. In John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, we know that without the Holy Spirit, without being born again, without being born from above, we cannot see or enter the kingdom of God. And so the importance of Holy Spirit and how wonderful it is to begin to experience that relationship with him. In looking at being born again and seeing what God is doing in that. As a matter of fact, in the Aramaic, it literally says, because Jesus spoke the Aramaic language, it says you must be born from the beginning. And so we go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. God is equipping us for a profound mission. But it's going to be based out of a love relationship with him. The refreshing that's taking place in his church as we've seen different waves, the Pentecostal movement, the charismatic movement. But I want to share this. We enjoyed those things, but I believe God is showing us the purpose of Holy Spirit in a new way. And it's not just to wow us or to amaze us. Every miracle that takes place is a window into the heavens. Every healing is a window into the heavens where there is no sickness. Every demon that's cast out is a window into the heavens where people are totally set free. And so watching and experiencing what God is doing. As a matter of fact, uh, 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 I, I work with the Bible College and that, and, and I believe that we need to have an, an experiential theology or a theology of experience. The Bible is about experiencing Jesus from cover to cover, if you will, the God, God from cover to cover. It's about our experience with him. As a matter of fact, I was uh, reading a book several years ago by Jack Deere. 
and uh, surprised by the Holy Spirit. He was a professor at a very cessationist seminary. In other words, where they didn't believe in the gifts. And Holy Spirit surprised him. And some of his fellow professors have said what I've heard in my early years the charismatic was you base your faith on experiences. And he looked at them and said, so do you, the lack of them. Saints, what we have when we come together like this is precious. Precious. That we can touch the lives of others and let them experience the Lord the way we're experiencing the Lord. Holy Spirit must be restored to the church. Uh, why did God give us the Holy Spirit? We find in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and I know these are things that you've heard and know. There are going to be a couple things I think might be challenging a little bit tonight, but I believe they're purposeful. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we know that they were to wait to tarry for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit would not only be in them, but come upon them. But why? Why? He said, so that you would be my witnesses. Now that word witness in the Greek is the Greek word martyreo, which means you'll be my martyrs. You'll be my martyrs. Paul said, I die daily. Jesus died so that we can live, and now we die so that he can live. Live through us. As a matter of fact, we are the fragrance of Christ. We are that holy perfume, if you will, as we put on the fragrance of Christ. It's the smell of deity. That's why what's going on here is so precious. Because as we rub up next to one another in the spirit, so to speak, that smell gets stronger and stronger. And it's beautiful to see. So we are, the spirit comes upon us to be his witnesses, his martyrs throughout all the earth. And how precious is that fragrance of Christ? So important to us. So as we began to experience if you will, and, and, and the charismatic movement. And I believe there's a new movement today. We saw the first wave with Pentecostals, the second wave with Charismatics, and I consider the vineyard part B of the Charismatic. But the third wave that I think God is calling us to is what I call the third day generation. Jesus said, you tear this temple down and I'll raise it up in three days. We're now in the third day. He's raising up his body. He's raising up that which was designed to be the fullness of him. So in love with him. Jesus, we love you. When we sit here, even in times of silence, how many just sense the nearness We have a saying, the law of the kingdom is the nature of the king, and the nature of the king is love. If there's ever a time when our world needs a full expression of God's love, it's today. Sometimes when I look at Facebook and see what Christians put out there, I say, Lord, Lord, help us. Help your church be who you are. That we could love like you loved. And so we see this happening today. Like I said, this the fragrance of Christ on his body is increasing. When we sit here and just meditate in his presence. I love, and matter of fact, my whole passion, and those who know me know this true. The Lord called me several years ago to stop traveling so much to work with the younger generations. And I'm 77. And every area that we touch, we now have another generation leading that. You guys are going to take it so much further than what we did. Recently here, we was planning for a conference, and, and we were talking about strengths and weaknesses. And one of the brothers said, you know, you, you forgot one of your strengths. And I said, what's that? They said, your historical credibility, meaning you're old. 
you've been through a lot. But I want to tell you what God is raising up in the generations is powerful. What I see happening in the generations behind us is powerful and going to go so much further than we ever went. And I say, go for it. Don't be afraid to swim against the current. Don't be afraid to do what the Lord asked you to do. I remember my wife had a dream years ago about us going to this church 2,000 miles away. And, and uh, I was preaching in the church. So we went. We're sitting there in a service. The pastor didn't happen to be there. My wife nudges me. <laughs> I wish I would have got the word. So I walk up there, the pulpit, share one phrase, and then just a flow of things happening. A defining moment in our life. When we listen to Holy Spirit, when we choose to follow Holy Spirit, many things happen that you would never dream could happen. Another defining moment in my life, I was asked in speaking at a conference, and I was to speak all three evenings. And I'm seeking the Lord. I said, what's the thing? They said, no, just whatever is on your heart. Whatever the Lord gives you. So I began seeking the Lord, and the Lord gave me a message. So that's great, Lord. Got the first night covered. Keep praying. Nothing for the second night. Nothing for the third night. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to speak the exact same message all three nights. That challenged the very core of my being. Am I really hearing God? How many of you ever gotten something from the Lord and you said, am I really hearing God? It's the limb walkers that get all the fruit, not the trunk huggers. All you get is bark burns. It's when you get out there on the edge of the branch where it's shaky and God upholds it for you. There's where all the fruit is. And that's what God's doing with many pockets of us around the world preparing for something coming. And so, I'm, Lord, what, what, what am I to do? What I mean, Holy Spirit, I sense you're telling me this. And he said, I want you to speak the exact same message. And don't try to, you know, do them a little bit different each night. So I get to the conference. And I share this with the congregation out there, all out there. And I said, I, I don't know, I, I just feel I have to be obedient to the Lord. So the first night I share the message. The second night there's more people there. I share the same exact message. The third night there's more people there. I share the same exact message. When I got done, I opened it up to the audience out there and I just shouted out, did I miss the Lord or did I hear the Lord? And one by one they began standing up and preaching the message. And the Lord said to me, son, I'm not interested in how much ground you cover. I'm interested in how much ground you take. We've covered a lot of ground, but taken very little. Our love relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit is preparing us for something that's coming. And we need to have that holy expectation, that hunger, that thirst for what's coming. The Holy Spirit is a must in the church. And don't ever be ashamed of him. Even if you're ridiculed, don't be ashamed of him. In our early days, following all of this, we were called a cult. We were called many things. Today, it's more popular. The Holy Spirit is a must-have in his church. And I'm going to come back to that in the end of things. And we're just going to let Holy Spirit move in our midst. The second must have in his church to be fully equipped, fully trained. Why are we being fully trained and fully equipped? 
Because when a disciple is fully trained, he's just like his master. The second must-have in the church is the word of God. We must be in the word, and the word must be in us. So we find in 2 Timothy 3.17 where the scripture is given to thoroughly furnish or equip us for the work of the ministry. Now let me share something here. Every one of you are called to full-time ministry. Every one of you. There's no such thing as a part-time disciple. Every one of us are called to that. And when we see that, imagine getting up in the morning and looking in the mirror and just seeing Jesus behind you saying, you're my priest. The priesthood of every believer, every one of us are called. The Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit comes upon you for a reason and for a purpose. For those around us. So the word of God is so important. And with that, we're being equipped and prepared for something great. As a matter of fact, a few years ago, uh, the Lord gave me a dream about my time in the military service. How many of you served in military service? Army, Marines, whatever. Because discipleship is very important. And so in that, the Lord brought back to my remembrance our time in basic training. Now, when you go into the military, Army, Marines, or anything like that, they want you physically prepared. They want you mentally repaired, prepared. And I'll say this, there's no nice way to say it, they teach you to kill. Now, that's basic training. They do that because you have an enemy. You have to protect. How many know we've got an enemy as well? Yes. Now, we have spiritual weapons, not natural weapons. And so, so, for example, we do basic discipleship training, but the Lord began showing me that after you get out of basic training, and everybody goes through basic training, doesn't matter what you're going to do afterwards, whether you'll ever hold a weapon again or whatever, you will go through basic training and learn those things. But when you get out, you go to AIT, that's what we call advanced individual training. Every one of you here have a unique and special call. Every one of you here. I'm holding something up. What is this? How did you know that? Could be a flashlight. Some of them have a flashlight on them now, don't they? Yes. But that's not its original tent. Its purpose, its identity is determined by its purpose. In being equipped, every one of you have a unique purpose. If I held, I, I don't know if I was talking to Pastor Jimmy about this, if I held a piece of paper, it has a specific purpose. If I held up my cell phone, it has a specific purpose. Each of them are unique and different, but they all have an overarching purpose, and that is communication. Our overarching purpose as believers is advancing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. But every one of us have a unique purpose, and I'll come back to that for a bit. The importance of the word of God in us. So that Jesus, if you will, the word in the beginning was the word. Jesus is that word. So that the hope of glory, Christ in us, can speak through us by his word. I heard something recently, or I think I saw it in a meme. It says it was a, a, a lady talking to her pastor. says, Pastor, I want to I hear God's voice. He said, read the word. She said, I want to hear it. Audibly, he said, read it out loud. <laughs> Is it God's word? If it's God's word, then we need to get that word in us. It's exciting what God's doing. When I see encounters like this, people engaging the Holy Spirit, willing to spend the time and energy to be equipped and to grow in the Lord. It's exciting. That's what I live and breathe for. 
So the word of God, the importance of the word of God. Now there's another must have, and this might be new to some. Back when I was just discovering all this stuff and in the word of God and, and beginning to experience the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the charismatics, I, I, I uh, reading through the book of Acts and everything like that, and, and I said, well, now the charismatics believe in the gifts of the Spirit, where many fundamentalists, that is cessationists, those who don't believe in the gifts, have dispensationalized them. They were for another dispensation, but they're not for today. But they didn't embrace the fivefold ministry gifts. Hello. We need all five ministries in the church today to be fully equipped. As I said, every one of us are priests before the Lord. Every one of us are called. And that's why we need to be fully prepared and know our purpose in the Lord. And so looking at the fivefold ministry, I'm going to ask you maybe turn your Bible there with me. How many of you have studied these? Okay, if you have. And I'll, I'll, I'll have a time where we can just leave it for some questions here too. But the reason I share these things over and over again is because I know the Lord has called me to stay on message and to see these ministries restored to the church. And I stay on message with what the Lord has given me. So we find, let me go there. We find in Ephesians chapter 5, I'm just going to read verses 11. I'll tell you what, somebody else read verses 11 through 15 for me. Who'll do that? Okay, yes, sir. Five, or four, eleven through fifteen. I'm sorry. Yes. She's got the audible version. You got that voice. Can you do that voice? the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of faith and, the, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Keep going. Uh, go ahead, yes. Keep going. Verse through 15. through 15. So that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Notice five ministries given to the church to do all the ministry. No. Those ministries are given to the church. They're an extension of Jesus' ministry. Jesus was all five when he was here on earth. They're given to the church, to you, to equip every one of you for the work of the ministry. Every one of us have a ministry. We're all called full-time. And it's important that we get that in the hearts of the saints. So that we see that our love for Jesus, we have been given a great commandment. We've also been given a great commission for which we have received a great empowering to fulfill that. Jesus said, if you love me, the love language of God is obedience. If you love me, you will obey me. So fulfilling the great Commandment comes about in fulfilling the Great Commission as well. If it's all about just getting born again and saved and then whisked away to heaven. But he's left us here. And out of our love and adoration for him, we say, yes, Lord, here am I. 
send me. And so looking at this, five ministries were given. Now, there's a key word in that. They were given until. Until. Say until. until. And we'll talk about until what? But if they were given until, all five, if we no longer believe in apostles and prophets, then we can't have evangelists, pastors, or teachers. Because they were all given until. Now, this is not the 12 apostles of the Lamb. I say little a apostles or whatever. But they're given for a specific reason to equip the church. Same with the prophets. Same with the evangelists. Same with the pastors and teachers. Why? Because every one of us are called to minister full time. God is restoring a missional corrective. In my earlier years, it was all about getting mankind saved through the person of Christ so they can go to heaven. The missional corrective is about bringing heaven to earth through the body of Christ, the one new man. That's what it's about. Jesus said, pray this, your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? On earth. Nine powerful words in the New King James there in uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. As he is, who? Jesus Next three words, so are we. Where? Next three words, in this world. Your love relationship, our intimacy, growing and falling in love with him, is going to bring out an obedience in the body of Christ that's going to impact the world, the globe. But we've got to be in love with him. We've got to be in love with him. That's first and foremost. So here he's giving these ministries until what? Until their purpose is fulfilled. And their purpose, let me just mention these. I wrote these down today. Number one, for perfecting or maturing of the saints. Are we there yet? Are we perfected? Well, then we still need them, don't we? Okay, another thing. Until all saints are equipped for the work of the ministry. Are we there yet? Now I'm going to show you how important this is in a little bit. We aren't there yet. Another thing, building up the body of Christ, is it fully built up yet? No. So what's the result of when the fivefold ministries have fulfilled their work? There will be, the church will be in full unity of the faith. Are we there yet? No, we're not. The church will be a perfect man in the fullest measure of stature of Jesus Christ. Are we there yet? No, we're not. That means these ministries are needed until that comes. The importance of these ministries. And I see them in churches. I see pastors that are labeled pastors, but their real ministry, they may be called apostolically or prophetically or whatever. And God has sent me around different places just because of the years I've spent in this where I've been going around and even given other those with the apostolic call the right hand of fellowship, even as Paul went up to Jerusalem to receive the right hand of fellowship. We need, and I want to encourage you to encourage ministries to be all that Christ has called them to be. That's for each and every one of our benefits. I love the Lord. I love his word. The fourth thing, and all the, the former three lead us to this point. Would you read verse 16 of Ephesians chapter 4. Who will read that for me? Verse 16. Okay, back here. From whom the whole body is fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body and the building up of itself in love. How is this going to happen? According, I'll read it from the court, the body building itself up in love. The body. When you come here, you minister to one another, don't you? 
That's the body building itself up in love. But he says, according to the effectual working of some of the members. According to the effectual working of every member. How many of you remember the body of Christ? Your effectual working is so important. Building one another up. Now, the effectual working, that's why I said, do you know your purpose? Do you know what God's called you to do? It's interesting some of the things we've experienced like with COVID and other things like that. That the enemy can do something. And I find today that we have so many Christians. As a matter of fact, I found many Christians that aren't back in the assembly of the saints. I'm just going to be out there. I've got to be faithful to the Lord. The importance of the assembling together. How can you have build one another up according to the effectual working of every member if we're not there? And I'm saying this out there to all because there are many, I want to call them back into the house of the Lord. They've got to be in the house of the Lord. Why? As a matter of fact, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, he says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves as the manner of some is, even so much what? The more as you see what? The day approaching. And here's where I want to get down to the importance of the operation of the spiritual gifts and that in your midst, out of loving and that intimate relationship with the Lord. The effectual working. Matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. Now, in the Greek, it literally, in the Maticos, it literally means, I don't want you to be ignorant of the spirituals or the supernatural. If we're afraid of the supernatural, how can we have an intimate relationship with the supernatural God? I don't want you to be ignorant of that. I don't want you to lack understanding of the spiritual gifts. And for some, because I see this happening more and more today, even in churches that began in the spirit, where they're beginning to move away from it because they want to draw people and are afraid that that will maybe discourage people from coming. And that's where the word ignorant can be pronounced ignorant. We know they're true, but we're going to ignore them. We can't do that, church. You are gathering here for a reason, for a purpose. Now, with this, why is this so important? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves as a manner of some is, even so much the more, not the less, the more, as you see the day approaching. What day is he talking about? The day of the Lord. I want you to go in your Bibles to Romans chapter 1, verse 11. And if somebody read that for me. Paul didn't plant the church in Rome, but he had a direct connection. And he's longing to be with them so that he could do what? Impart some spiritual gift. As a matter of fact, as you are waiting for the day of the Lord, as it goes on to indicate, 
the importance of those spiritual gifts. I long, it's so important, I want to get what, I want to lay hands on and impart to you so that you would have these gifts. Now, if we go, went back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the analogy Paul uses of the body, the spiritual gifts people have defines them as what member of the body they are. Are you a hand, a foot, or whatever? Are you a pen? Are you a piece of paper? We all have the same overarching advancing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, but we all have a unique purpose in that. And so in your journey, loving the Holy Spirit, begin to discover who you are in Christ. Because identity precedes effective functioning. So here, he just longs to be with them to do that. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. Somebody go there. And then we're going to be done here in a minute. Who has that? Can read that. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I mean verse 7. That was 12 verse 7. That good verse. Very good verse. Yes, yes, you said. I knew it. Nobody's going to trick you. <laughs> Let's try one verse seven. Try that. Okay. Let's try that. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. Paul says to the church in Corinth, "I don't want you to be lacking in any spiritual gift as you're waiting." For the return of the Lord. Forsake not the assembling, as man even so much as you see the day of the Lord approaching. I want to be with you so I can lay hands on you and part some spiritual gifts so that as you're waiting for the return of the Lord, I don't want you to be lacking in any gift. Why would he say that if it wasn't so important? Why does the enemy not want us to grasp that? And see who we are in Christ. Each and every one of you. I don't care whether you're 8 or 80. We all have a part in this. And when you come together, the importance of that taking place excites me. It really does. It's like Paul said to the church, you know, you're my hope and crown of rejoicing. I live if you stand fast. And those of us that are out there responsible for equipping the body of Christ, that's our crown of rejoicing. To see you come together and take it serious, falling in love with Jesus, but not just that, letting him reveal to you who you are in him. The importance of that. So important that Paul said also in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, covet, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Before we move into something else, I want to leave you with this. I trust in your love for Jesus. You will earnestly desire the spiritual gifts and who you are in the body of Christ. And that you'll come together out of your love for him and love for the brethren to build us up, the effectual working of every member so that we'll be who Christ has called us and died for us to be. Several years ago, when we were on this journey, we outgrew our little house, the meetings we were having there, so we moved in, and I led one of the guys that worked to the Lord, and he had a bigger house, so we moved there, and I'd preach from the one corner, because from that corner of the living room, you could see the living room, but then there was a path throughway to the dining room, and you could see us back through there in the utility room behind that, because we had it all filled up. After one of the meetings, a young black man came up to me. I never saw him before. And he said, I want to know what your right ear, your right thumb, your right toe. Well, if you go to Leviticus, you'll see the priest, the anointing there. And he said to me, I want you to know God's called you to be an apostle. I never saw that person again. <laughs> never saw him again. This is 1972. Now, that's not something that's a high call. Matter of fact, uh, Paul said it's the off-scarring of the earth. How many want that call? Each and every one of us have a unique part to play, and I want to encourage you. 
as you're falling in love with Jesus, discover who you are in him and use it to build one another up. At this time, I'm just going to leave it open. Do you have any questions? Anybody have a question or anything they'd like to ask? So why do some people feel like they need to go somewhere else to experience that when it's all right here? You mean right here, what's going on here, why they need to go somewhere else to experience it? Like, you know, anywhere. Yep, I... I Another country, even. My daughter just got back from the Dominican. And she's all mom, it was just so awesome, you know. There were so many things over there, and I was like, yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> you know? But, I mean, you know, I'm just... Yeah, that's a good question. And, and I, can, I don't know if I can fully answer that, but I would just say this. Sometimes there's just a hunger in people that God's placed there to go somewhere. And that's where they have a special experience or whatever. Uh, every nation I've been in, there's been special experiences that I've had. But you see, I've been called to do that. The danger is, and, and, I, and, and I share this all the time, one of the greatest mistakes I've made in raising up leaders over the years, I push them outside of their grace zone. Leaders must nudge you outside of your comfort zone. You will not grow inside your comfort zone. But we must never move you outside of your grace zone. That's who you are. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And when we do that, we actually become, in a sense, a grace assassin. Paul wasn't going to nullify or void the grace of God in him. Every one of us are identified by the grace of God. That is the unique part of purpose and Holy Spirit within us. So that, and so for that, that was a very special experience to her. But you're right, Holy Spirit is as much here. There's no junior Holy Spirit. He's as much here as he is anywhere else. Any other question? I'm not sure how this will sound as I'm wording it, but if you already know your fivefold ministry calling, like, is there still a desire spiritual gifts after that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me. The difference in the fivefold ministry gifts and the spiritual gifts, okay? The fivefold ministry gifts are the gift to the body of Christ. Now, they receive gifts, but they are given by Jesus to the body as a gift to you. Why? To equip you for the ministry that you've been called to. So, there's, so yes, they have gifts. Uh, uh, for me, uh, I, I move in the apostolic grace, uh, the teaching grace, pastoral, but my gifts are leadership, word of wisdom, primarily. Okay? So, very good question. Any other questions? Talk about um, like more looking at the fivefold gifts. Are these what we would call the offices? And like, is, does everybody have a grace to be in a fivefold gift, or are there certain ones who are called? How does that all work? These are called. In other words, it, it, I, a lot of times the term offices is used. I personally don't use that just because I don't find it in the scripture. But I don't have a problem. I, I've, I've got people all over that I connect with in these graces and ministries and the different things. Uh, notice Paul, he says, Paul, a bondservant of the Lord, called to be an apostle by Jesus Christ. He never referred to himself as Apostle Paul. Now, I don't have a problem if somebody says, I'm this or I'm that or whatever and call that, but I don't, I don't need a, uh, in other words, it's, it's who I am. I've been called to that, so it's a calling. So if somebody's called in the prophetic area or whatever, but there's a difference between the gift of prophecy, for example, and a prophet, which I know you're aware of, because all of the fivefold ministries, one of the primary marks of them is they're given to equip the church. Somebody can have the gift of teaching, be a great teacher, but not be one who equips other teachers. Does that make sense? And so that's the difference between the fivefold that I see and, uh, but not everybody can enter that. Now, here's the whole thing. The church, is, the church is to be apostolic. What does that mean? They're sentness. 
They're to be prophetic, equipped to be prophetic. What does that mean? The overarching word of prophet you literally means to be inspired. And so we're to speak as the oracle of God. We're to be trained to be inspired and moved by the Holy Spirit. We're to, everybody's to be evangelistic, amen? Win souls. The evangelists equip us for that. Pastors equip us. You know why so many pastors are burnt out? Because they're trying to do all the stuff. They should be equipping the church to where they're going out and visiting one another, going to the hospital and everything else. And that's what we believe and do. That's so. Any other question? Okay, let's do this. Let's just wait on the Lord here. And if God gives you something, I want you to share that and see what happens. There may be a word of knowledge, words of wisdom, maybe a prophetic word. God may say, hey, there's some here that are hurting in this area, whatever. Let's pray for them. Let's let Holy Spirit guide us and direct us. Is that okay? Amen. Thank you, Lord. And as soon as you get something, just uh, speak it out. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Go ahead, speak out loud. Um, I saw a picture of somebody with their hands over their eyes. And when I asked the Lord um, what he was saying, I felt like he was saying, like, there's someone in here who the Lord's invitation is for you to see into, like, the heavenly realm. But you're, the, like, whether it's fear, there's something that's telling you to cover up your eyes. Um, so I don't know if that resonates with anyone, but that's what I saw. Did everybody hear her? Okay. Share it again, Ashley. Louder. Um, I saw a picture of there was a person and they were they had their hands over their eyes. And when I asked the Lord what he was showing me, um, I felt like he was saying he's been inviting someone to see in the spiritual realm, to see what he's doing. But it's the person that's covering up their eyes, whether it was fear. He didn't really, I didn't feel like I got a specific direction for why they were covering up their eyes, but it was the person covering up their eyes. Hallelujah. Does that resonate with anybody here? Okay. Got a couple of them. Okay, I'm going to ask you to do this. I want you to come sit right up here, both of you. If you don't mind, yeah. Ashley, I want you to pray for them. We're going to believe together that God's going to give them open vision of what he's wanting them to see. Many times there are things that God has for us. Thank you, Lord. Continue waiting on the Lord. If God gives you something, let the body build itself up. Yes. There's others, not just that you feel like you haven't or been holding your eyes closed, but if you want to see, like if you have a desire to see what the Lord is doing, I would encourage you to go and receive prayer as well. Those who you have a hunger and desire to see, you know there's more. You want to do that. As they're ministering over here, anybody else sense something? There are other people here that can be ministered to. So there would be somebody being set free, yes. coming to the waters yes. of things that hinder. Wash yourself, Wash yourself in the water. All right. Does that speak to anybody? You sense there's just something holding you back, something hindering you. It's kind of like stepping in the river, so to speak. Anybody here? And I'm wondering, because I got a word that God wants to uh, uh, remove insecurities that are holding back. 
for moving forward. I just, um, I don't hear the Holy Spirit, God. I heard um, once, a very long time ago, Holy Spirit or God speak to me, give me an instruction. I ignored it for a very long time and then only recently obeyed. So I feel very clean now. Okay. I'm in obedience and I'm waiting now for him to speak to me very anxiously awaiting for him now to give me verbal guidance once again and waiting for a long time amen why don't you sit right over here i'm gonna have my wife and jamie just minister to you right over here visions i mean it's not like i don't have anything amen we're gonna pray for the lord to open up you know the spiritual ears and eyes yeah so let minister to him a picture of just like a line, a circle. A picture of? A picture of a circle of people just like standing around um, and there's grass on the outside of them but it's just all dead in the middle and there's one person standing in the middle and I don't know if it is like someone in here is that person. They feel like everybody's looking to them, waiting for them to make a decision or waiting for them to... Or the person in the middle is waiting to see who to follow or to who to go to. They keep turning around in a circle looking from face to face, but nobody's moving and it's just dead, like no grass on the inside. Um, I don't quite know what it means, but if that resonates with anybody. Okay, she saw a person in the middle of a circle, grass around the outside, but they were waiting. Waiting, looking confused. Waiting, looking confused. You might be in a place of indecision or something. Does that speak to anybody? Okay, let's pray. Let's pray. Go, go ahead and get some around pray for them. Anybody else sensing anything? Okay, Rebecca. Um, this is for anybody this resonates with. The enemy has made you feel like you are a victim to him and you will continually be beat up by him and you can't get free of it. But the Lord says, you can get free. Remember, I have prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies. I have created you to be an overcomer through my blood. You are more than a conqueror per my word. And you have to forsake the identity of victim in order to get victory over the enemy in your life. Amen. Whoever that's speaking to here, now that's a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. It gave knowledge, it also gave a way to be cured helped so you don't need to raise your hand but that's you receive that right now and let me say this when the Holy Spirit's moving sometimes we feel reluctant to step out and receive something I encourage always step out in faith if you sense a word is for you step out in faith and get it right there Timing is important. Amen. Even if it might be for you. Even what, Pastor? Even if it might be for you. Amen. Amen. of mourning, um, of like death. Like, I don't know if it was mourning of. A, a recent death or fear of death in itself, but it was a very heavy sadness. Um, 
so I don't know if anybody feels that. Does that speak? Okay. Let's go minister. What do we do when people are being ministered to? The rest of us, the body of Christ, we pray. We pray for those who are receiving ministry, who have received the word. Because we rejoice in somebody being touched by the Lord. If somebody is getting a word of prophecy, though it may not be us, yet we're excited that God's speaking to that person. That culture, that environment welcomes the presence of the Lord. Yeah, I felt like I saw this picture of a person and it was like the ground beneath their feet was shaking. Um, and I don't know if uh, there was something physical going on or emotional going on, but the the key part of that is I, I felt like the, this person was like, am I the only one whose ground is shaking? Like going through something or, or whatever it was, like they feel maybe isolated in it and something going on. So, Speak to anybody here. Receive it. You just feel like you're on shaky ground and something. Okay, right here. Just fine. Thank you, Lord. Anybody sitting here, you sense that God has graced you with the gift of healing? Anybody? Right here? Anybody here have a physical need? Okay. Let's come up over here. You're going to pray. We exercise what we have. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, email us at office at washingtonchurch.org or go to our website, washingtonchurch.org.